0: Before we get to today's podcast with Jason Leisure and Joe Shad, we're excited to tell you about one of our great partners here at the 5 Reasons Sports Network, which, like us, is pure South Florida, and that is Dural Toyota, where you can find all your favorite Toyota models, whether you're looking for a new, used, or certified pre-owned vehicle. Dural Toyota is located at 9775 Northwest 12th Street, just a few blocks from the International and Dolphin Malls. Experience the Dural difference, which means 4 years complimentary maintenance and roadside assistance on all new vehicles. In house financing is available for credit related issues. Also, if you mention 5 reasons when you call 305-680-1129, that's 305-680-1129, or come in, you'll work with a dedicated manager, not a salesman. Unlike other dealers, Dural Toyota prides itself on an honest and transparent buying process. That's Doral Toyota, Duraltoyota.com, or stop in at 9775 Northwest 12th Street. Vamos! Let's go! And now on to Joe Shad and Jason Leisure.
1: Welcome to the latest episode of the 5 Reasons Podcast. I'm Ethan Skolnick here as always with Chris Whittingham. Now that you have found us, make sure that you hit the follow or subscribe button depending on what platform that you use. That way you'll get all of the old episodes as well as all of the new episodes as soon as they post. Also, check out all of the other podcasts in our network. We're now up to 12 podcasts in the network that doesn't even include our patron feed where you can find bonus content from our pod, all the other pods, and also from local creators. We're putting commentaries on there. We call them patron shots, little five minute commentaries. Definitely check those out. We're trying to find talent in the Miami area. And for our talent search today, we have reached out to the Palm beach post. We're doing our second dolphins preview. We did one with the sun Sentinel guys, Omar Kelly and Chris Perkins, and we did that one already. You can find that on our feed. And I'm just going to introduce you guys this way: uh, Joe Shad and Jason Leisure. When I asked them why they should listen to the or listen to or read the Sun Sentinel's coverage, they said because they're the guys who keep it fun and keep it real. So if I was to ask you, what is the Palm Beach Post's Dolphins coverage about? What would be your slogan for it? I don't care. <laughs>
2: I don't, you go ahead and take I, this one, Chad. I don't care.
3: I don't know. I, I like to say all in, which is uh, you know like you all in on Dolphin. You know, there's this big dispute about whether Auburn stole all in slogan from like Alabama or something. You know that they. they right. Everyone's all in. It was like a big college sports thing, and uh, we right. try to basically do more blogs than anyone. That's our thing. So you might you might go to the Palm Beach Post Dolphins website and see like. 17 posts in one day. Yeah. We're proud of that. More
1: mm-hmm. and better. More and better. I like that. And Hal Habib also on Dolphins coverage. Ethan, what's
2: all this stuff you're always tweeting about how you guys are like the biggest media outlet in South Florida now? Well, no, we're not. You we're are not bigger than the Palm Beach Post now? No, no,
1: no. no, no we're not bigger, but our Twitter account is actually <laughs> like who, who's, we, we Our, our Twitter who's account doing has- who a favor? Oh uh, no! Well, you you are you are. Although it's changed a little okay. over the last two months, I mean, we were desperate for you two months ago. This time, we actually had to talk about it a little bit. Okay.
2: We, I was wondering, like, are you guys lucky to have again. us? Are you guys lucky to have us, or like, we lucky to be on Five Reasons Why, or what's going on?
1: No, no, we're lucky to have Shad, but uh, but <laughs> but I mean, I mean, Shad's the one with six hundred thousand Twitter followers. But uh, with you, I mean, your, your first episode actually was was well received. We were surprised, um, and so. We basically said, you know, why not, why not do it again? And you kind of come along for the ride with Joe. So we thought that was, that was the right direction to go. And I, I, I do have some questions for you, though, Jason. I'll get to a couple for Joe. From our Twitter followers, are you over the Jupiter juggernaut thing? Because that had not happened, I think, when we
2: interviewed you the last time. I'll never really be over it, man. It's, uh, the Dolphins really let one get away. We actually, you know, we got a chance to ask Adam Gates about that at the owners' meetings back in March. And my question to him was this. You guys really screwed up by letting Parky go.
0: That's true. <laughs> there, there's not really a question mark at the end of that. Yeah, that was it. <laughs> and, and what was his response?
2: He just kind of well. looked at me, but he knows I'm right.
0: <laughs> in, in all seriousness, how have the kickers actually got on? Oh, I don't care.
2: What difference does Andrew, it Andrews make? Today. I talked oh, to right. Sanders today. Give him <laughs> some kicker news, Chad.
3: Give him some kicker news. Yeah, I asked the, the, the youngster from New Mexico. I said, you know... When Tannehill throws an interception, he always tells me, don't worry about it, I'm just working on things. I said, is it kind of like that with kickers? And he goes, no, I, I need to make more.
2: <laughs> so <laughs> the, the, other guy, the other guy, Greg Joseph, is actually from uh, Palm Beach County. He's, uh, well, he's originally from South Africa, but he played high school ball in uh, Delray Beach. And he hit a 61-yarder today. But number one, I'm hesitant now, I'm jaded, I'm not about to fall in love with another kicker. And two, I don't have a good nickname for him yet. So,
1: All right. Well, we'll throw that out here uh, on at five reasons sports, which like, like you mentioned, has more, uh, has more Twitter followers than the PB post sports account. So that that's it's what... five reasons or five reasons why? No, no. It's, it's at five reasons sports. So we're going to throw that out there. We need uh, a nickname okay. for this. What's his name? Greg Joseph, right? That's his name. The, the, yeah. the new kicker. Yeah. All right. So we're going
2: to give, he might not even be the new kicker. Your... Though. It might
1: be the other guy. That's true. Well, for one of send, them,
2: send your, send your suggestions to five reasons. Why the biggest media outlet in Miami. I world. think at
3: the end of this, I'm going to go post the Palm Beach Post blog, Five Reasons Why I'll Never Be on Ethan's
1: Podcast again. <laughs> <laughs> I think you used Five Reasons in a blog. I, I saw that recently. There was yeah, one. it's
3: really not all that creative. Ethan.
1: No. No, yeah.
3: yeah. no. definitely no. It's not, don't have proprietary rights.
2: It's Chris anyway. It's not, it's, not a, it's not unique and brilliant like all in. No, that's true, right. That that all, all in, which the
1: which the Cavaliers used uh, after LeBron left in 2010, actually. So it, it, I don't even know that it's just Auburn. I, I remember them using
3: that Sha like
2: Shad Sh- 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 thought of it before that. Though. Ah, that that's
3: Sometimes right. I, I like to make Barry Jackson flinch by tweeting things like,
2: "buzz," he
3: looks at me across the room like, you know that Buzz is mean.
0: <laughs> he has a corner on Buzz. <laughs>
1: So let's get to the Dolphins conversation here. Um, and what we're going to do is the same thing we did with the Sentinel guys. What we're going to do with the Herald guys is we're dividing this into three parts and we've got kind of one big picture topic, and then we're going to hit a couple of position groups. So here's the big picture topic for you guys. And Jason, you can jump in here first and then we'll get to Joe,
0: but
2: do you want me to answer it? Like I'm reporting from the front lines, like with all the wind and the airplanes, a hundred
0: percent. Absolutely.
2: Um, you guys ask me who's the punt returner. And I'm like, Ethan, Chris, I'm out here. And there's a lot going on. It looks like it'll be Danny Amendola in tight situations. And possibly to key Grant when there's more room to run.
0: <laughs> Reporting live. This is Jason Leisure. i
2: stay out here as long as I can, but the conditions are worsening. <laughs>
1: You sound like Will Badso during a hurricane. All right, so we'll- <laughs>
2: okay. all right, all right. I so- am, I am. I'm holding onto a tree right now, and I'm parallel to the ground.
1: <laughs> I'm never getting through this one today. All it's right, getting so we
2: wild out here. The conditions are worsening, and I-, I think they'll throw a lot of bubble screens at us.
1: All right, I'm going to try again. Here's the big picture topic for you guys, and we've actually talked about this with some others on our show, but not specifically with Dolphins reporters, is we're trying to figure out who the Dolphins' next stars are going to be. Because when you look at the NFL Network list this year, there was one guy on it, I think he was in the 70s, on their top 100 list, and he's 36 years old, Cameron Wake. So if I was to ask both of you guys, I'll start here with Jason from the front lines. Let's ask both of you guys. Give me three or four guys on this roster who you think over the next two years can be on that top 100 list for NFL network can be pro Bowl or even all pro type players.
2: Well, I think one of them would be Kenyon Drake, but Kenyon Drake is 24, 25 years old. He's already kind of got a short window now. Like, I mean, he's got about five years where if he breaks out and is a pro Bowl type player, it'll probably be for about five or six years. And then that'll be the end of it. Uh, other than that, it's, it's pretty hard to predict. Yeah, I agree that uh, Kenyon Drake is the player most likely to emerge as a
3: star this year. Uh, There's been so much talk about whether or not Frank Gore is actually going to be a touchdown vulture and whether or not he's going to actually get more carries than people expect. But if uh, if Drake is not uh, a star by the end of the year, then that really damages the Dolphins' chances to be competitive. I mean, this is a big part of the problem. There we were at a scrimmage the other day. Nobody came. Uh, it, part of the problem is a lack of star power to have the teams that have the most interest in the NFL, the teams that have star power at quarterback, wide receiver, and defensive end. Uh, maybe Charles Harris can be a star. wouldn't put my money on it. Maybe Xavier Howard and Minka Fitzpatrick can be a star. Not sure that those guys will ever rise to the level of being a top 100 player. We thought Laramie Tunsil would hasn't happened has not been good in camp it's not been very good in camp i mean he's been fine but but the dolphins recent draft choices have not broken out as stars and part of the reason that this training camp has been boring is because there is no baker mayfield here there is no josh allen here there there isn't even a josh rosen here and so people are just like yeah whatever
2: this is the problem we ran into going into the last game last year when they they went into that season finale shad uh with nothing to play for and you would have been kind of interested if they had some draft pick quarterback on the bench that was going to play instead of smoking J or if they had some young guys that you just hadn't gotten a chance to see that you thought might be good. And they didn't really have that. And now, I mean, what you alluded to when you go to that scrimmage the other day and there's nobody there, I can't blame them. And, and I mean, if you're a Dolphins fan right now, which jersey are you going to go buy? You're going to probably go buy a Jason Taylor 99 jersey.
0: Yeah, and that's really been the case for a while now. And that's kind of one of the other things that I was kind of making the argument for on draft night when it seemed like Josh Rosen, my fall to them, was, well, even if you don't necessarily play him or he never ends up playing. At the very least, you're giving your fan base something, right? You're giving them something to look forward to or something that that, that maybe could produce an outcome in the future. I would say the one player, uh, based off of what I've read from you guys and from other people at training camp, is uh, Xavier Howard becoming a lockdown corner. We saw it at times last year, but I, I don't feel like uh, you're, you're necessarily confident that he can kick on and be that guy, for 16 games he was incredible against New England and against Denver but you need him to be that for every game of the season and it seems like at the start of training camp he's gotten off to a good st- well he got off to a bad start in terms of by day but in terms of the overall start to the season he's gotten off to a good start but I feel like he also represents someone who could become a better corner in this league if he continues on his current trajectory
2: but that's not an exciting position I mean we're talking about a running back which is being phased out of the game practically and a cornerback, which. You know, when they're playing their best, you don't even notice them because they're not throwing that way. So it's, it's two positions where you got some young talent, but they're not real exciting, compelling
3: positions for the most part. Yeah, Xavier Howard has been solid, and the Dolphins will take solid cornerback play over somewhat of, of what they've got in recent years. Um, Howard is physical. He's a good run stuffer. He's, uh, you know, tough, but I still think that he's vulnerable to speedsters, and if they're going to have him shadow the opposing team's top receivers – uh, they might hope that it's not a burner because you could still see Xavier Howard get run by
1: guys, uh, a couple of guys on the offense though. I want to mention, cause as you said, if you're going to be a star, it, typically, it's gotta be a guy who touches the ball, right? Like, I mean, you, you see guys on defense break out, but it's either the quarterback or, or it's somebody who's making plays and scoring touchdowns. So there are two guys on the offense. I wanted to ask you about uh, the first one. I think there's high hopes for, and the other has been a huge disappointment. Do you think? Let's start with a disappointment because that's what we do on this show a lot. Um, Devontae Parker, do you guys hold out any hope that he can become what they thought they were drafting a couple of years ago? Not I don't
2: really. Think it's never awesome. going to happen. Yeah. Go ahead, Jeff. No, no. I was gonna, that was my answer. Not really. Go ahead, Chad. Yeah.
3: I mean, I think we're on the same page on this. I mean, I think Danny Amendola and Kenny Stills are each more likely to have more catches than Devontae Parker. You know he's essentially in his contract year. Parker is, even though they have the rights to his fifth year option, they don't have to pick it up if they don't want. And I mean, he looks the part. I mean, he he looks like Terrell Owens. I mean, he's got his size, he's got his athleticism, he's got his hand. There's no reason he shouldn't be a dominant player. If Devontae Parker never becomes a Parker never be- if Devante Parker never becomes a dominant player, there's only one person to blame, and that's Devante Parker. He would have to look himself in the mirror and figure out why it is he never had that hunger, that desire, that competitiveness, that will to fight for the football, to demand the football, to be and maybe that's just not what he was destined to be.
1: Other than no, which is your answer there. I mean you've dealt with him now up close in the locker room, talking to him. I I mean what what is missing in your view? Because the most fight that I've seen from him, honestly guys, was when we had Chris Chambers on our podcast (laughs) And then Chris sent a text ranking the receivers in training camp, and he had Devonte Parker third, which I think is fair based on what's ended up happening. And Devonte reacted on Twitter within about three minutes and, and got upset about that. Like I, it, he gets upset about something like that, but doesn't seem to be motivated enough to put it together. So I, your interactions with him, like what is he like for people who don't know him?
2: Well, he's extremely quiet. He doesn't say much at all when we talk to him. Uh, Kind of mumbles and and everything, but then you hear that there's a different guy when he's on the practice field. That he's a little bit of a talker. He's not afraid to get in the face with some uh, cornerbacks and stuff like that. Sorry, there's a giant tractor passing by me right now. Um, but I think his biggest problem to your original question is just health. He hasn't been healthy pretty much since the day he got here. And when he hasn't been healthy, I think he's kind of gone in the tank at that point. He starts thinking he can't perform the way he wants to and, and you start losing him where even when he's on the field, you're you're not getting a very, a very good player. And you saw at the end of last season, one of the big problems was he wasn't aggressive enough and he, he could have fought off some interceptions that he didn't. All
1: right. So let's get to another guy here. Cause I think there's a little bit more hope here and then we'll get into the receivers at large. Uh, Mike is I I know that the concern with him is whether he can block well enough to be part of a lot of different formations, but from what you've seen here over the first week, what is his potential in the passing game for this team? Not not just going forward, but this season for Ryan Tannehill. The
3: best thing that Mike Gasicki has going for him is that he's not Julius Thomas or Jordan Cameron. I mean the tight end position has been an absolute bust under Adam Gase, tried to salvage something out of a wash Thomas. And Jordan Cameron was, you know, concussed and just couldn't play. He completely lost his confidence, dropped the ball all over the place. So, you know, tight end really should be a versatile, explosive weapon in the red zone on third down in this Adam Gase offense. Um, Gesicki is going to make some highlight real plays. He's good with the one-handed catches. He has really good body control. He has good hands. Um, The problem is going to be, does Adam Gase and Ryan Tannehill trust Mike Gasicki not to get Ryan Tannehill killed in the first three weeks of the season or the first six weeks of the season? At some point, Gusecki is going to start because he's too talented a receiver not to be on the field. But, especially early in the season, I think it's going to take some time. I think to, I think fans, I predict that fans are going to get frustrated because you're going to see a lot of Marquise Gray and A.J. Derby and people are going to want to know, well, where is Mike Kosicki in the same way all fans once appropriately called for Kenyon Drake? Why was Drake not on the field? Damian Williams is averaging two yards a carry. And I know Leisure is a big Damian Williams guy, but Drake needed to be on the field more. I was right
2: about that one, Leisure, wasn't I? Yes. <laughs> You know, it's you know interesting. If you, watch the, if you watch the NFL over the last few years, you've seen this crazy emerging trend of tight ends being part of the passing game. And uh, if, you know, if you haven't noticed that, then uh, you might be working for the Dolphins' front office because the two positions that have become so important are these monster pass-catching tight ends and the linebackers that can contain them. And the Dolphins have just ignored both of those positions. They, Mike Gesicki is the highest-drafted tight end They've had in like 40 years. They just, Julius Thomas had been there best. And Joe was laughing about Julius Thomas, uh, you know, coming here with broken legs practically. And he was there, he's the best tight end they've had since Charles Clay because he got about 400 yards. But my favorite Julius Thomas thing has to be that one time Julius Thomas walked through the showers fully clothed with his <laughs> luggage to avoid having to talk to Joe. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's completely true.
3: That's
2: how lovable
1: Chad is. That's great.
0: Well, lo- long Wait, before. No, no no, uh, no, 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 no. What what it, happened? Why 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 didn't he want to talk to you? No, no. There was there was no personal conflict. It was. I, I had actually seen it
3: before the season. <laughs> there was no personal under,
2: conflict, guys, except for the fact that Chad hated him. No,
3: it was more that he knew he stunk. <laughs> <laughs> that was
0: it.
2: It's like how many times can you say, "Yeah, I, I stink." <laughs> You know, it, how many different it, it, ways? It, it does get
0: redundant after a while. Yeah. They
2: didn't say that. They never said that he was bad. And, and at this point, last year in the calendar year 2017, the Dolphins still thought he was good. The Dolphins thought we he was all good. We like,
3: didn't. We all knew he sucked.
2: We the all Dolphins knew it. Thought he how was could they good not September. He was so but, bad. And they would come in there and they would, after another game where Julius Thomas had two catches for 17 yards, and they would lament that you know it just weren't getting the coverages, which is what you hear all the great tight ends say. Don will just go quiet all of a sudden because they're just not getting the right coverages. They're just not getting the right matches. Sorry, I'm still hung up on Julius
3: Thomas. He was so bad in his brain, and I proclaimed I would never do an interview with him. And, Leisure, you laugh about the suitcase and the shower. That is true. I might have interviewed him if not for the suitcase and the shower. But I, I did never ask him a football question the whole year.
1: Very proud of that. <laughs> <Put it laughs> you resume. are very
0: proud to have not done your job for the entire year.
1: <laughs> <laughs> right. But guys, guys, this has been a consistent pattern with the Dolphins. I, so many regimes in so many years where they would just insist that someone was good. Like I, uh, Joe, were you still around for the Parcells time or, or had uh, Jeff taken over by then?
3: 2004, so I
1: missed Parcells. Uh, yeah, you missed Parcells. All right, so th- the first year of Parcells, Ernest Wilford, man. They were trying to talk us into Ernest Wilford the whole time. Like he done all this great work at Jacksonville. He was really, you know, he was good during all the sessions that we didn't see. I mean, they always do that. Once, once a season, oh, that's a big one. That's
2: Not, a big that, one. That's a, that's, that's a big one. That group
1: would even tell the DBs to tell us that Ernest Wilford was doing well. And then, and then, and then, and then you would talk to those DBs on the side. They'd be like, yeah, he sucks. He sucks. But uh, Ethan, they've been doing,
2: they've been doing it just the last few years here. They brought in Mario Williams, mm-hmm. they brought in Julius Thomas, they brought in Lawrence Timmons, and they're doing it to you again right now. They're bringing in Frank Gore and Danny Amendola, and they say they look great now, and you kind of think they look good. And those guys are coming off a little better season than Julius Thomas was coming off, granted. But how do you know that when you get into the games and those guys start getting banged around, that they're going to hold up the guys that are in their mid-30s that, that the other teams don't want? Like It's not a good sign when New England, which values good players, doesn't want Danny Amendola anymore. Sometimes one man's trash is another man's trash.
3: It'll be interesting to see what happens with sales because Mm -hmm. Gase is adamant that sales is pretty good. If this guy actually has to play,
2: I think the Dolphins are in deep.
0: Or Osweiler. Neither one of them is good. The one that sticks out to me is like, we we all know that the offensive line was horrific. We all knew that Dallas Thomas was an incompetent NFL player, and they insisted on throwing him out every Sunday at left guard. And we're all looking like, there is no difference between what you're seeing and what we're seeing. Yeah, I don't know nearly as much about football as you, but why do you keep throwing him out there? He was terrible. And then one day, they just decided to cut everyone, everyone who they invested in. And it's like, clearly, we were right about that. And for some reason, they insisted on trying to no, 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 no. Well, you don't, you don't understand offensive line play. Dallas Thomas is actually good. And it's just like, in what universe? And it, 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 it happens all the two, time.
3: Two years ago, yep. you don't understand. It's another example. We're bringing back Jermon Bushrod. And Jermon Bushrod is one of the best people I have. And leisure laughs at me because I always say, you yep. know, here it comes. Oh, you here, comes. here it comes. Here
2: it comes. This <laughs> is a, it's a Jermon, sad move. I got to say. Jermaine Bushrod is a wonderful human being. He is. A, 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 I he would is a living. He is a living saint. If if Chad ever says that about you, duck for the second <laughs> half of the I would let.
3: I would let him babysit my kids, but I would not want right. him playing guard on my offensive line. Okay.
2: Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel any time. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.
3: I'm no, I'm no coach, but when I turn on the film and I see the guy getting knocked backwards onto his butt, that's not good.
1: If you're a follower of the Five Reasons Sports Twitter account, you will find a lot of information there about Texas Roadhouse. They're one of our great sponsors here on the Five Reasons Sports Network, especially the location in Miramar Pines right off of I-75. Convenient to everything. We've been running some contests, $30 gift certificates. We'll also be hosting our first watch party for the Dolphins-Panthers road preseason game, August 17th. In Carolina, we'll all be at that Texas Roadhouse. Hosts from all over the network also have some food and drink specials and some five reasons paraphernalia for you. If you can't get in there that day, we hope you can. Friday, the 17th of August. Be sure to check out Kids Night every Tuesday night. I am there with my daughter because she wants a good meal there, and I want to pay only $1.99 with the purchase of an adult meal. They've got all kinds of cool things for the kids there, including someone who makes balloons for them. They have arts and crafts. Sometimes they even have a magician. So go check out Texas Roadhouse. Again, that's in Miramar right off of I-75 on Miramar Parkway. And now back to Joe and Jason. Let's get to the receivers more specifically. I know we touched on Devante. You guys mentioned Amendola Um, When we had Chris Chambers on with us, he was pushing Kenny Stills. Um, He thinks Kenny Stills can be a legitimate number one receiver, that he can do everything. How do you guys see him? He's been very productive when he's got an opportunity, but he hasn't really been in that role. How are they going to use him? And is he a guy who could be a pro bowler potentially if he gets enough opportunity?
3: Come on. Kenny Stills a pro bowler. Me and Leisure have different opinions. Leisure is very close to Kenny Stills. They spend a lot of time together in the locker room. They're very good friends. (laughs) Jason Leisure is very fascinated by all that Kenny Stills does off the field. I think he's Jason Leisure
2: is very pro freedom of speech and social equality, (laughs) you know, things like that.
3: (laughs) I just think Kenny Stills, the only story is about kneeling, not kneeling. I mean, catch the football. I don't know. He's he's a good player. I think he's a good player. I think he has a nice yards catch. I think he's a good leader in the wide receiver's room number one receiver on a good nfl team never
2: never no please your your response should i answer this one like i'm reporting live from the field with all his wins yes joe kenny stills is a very good receiver he's probably a number two on a very good team unfortunately i kind of agree with you other than that i think he is a model nfl player
0: (laughs) (laughs) so so there actually isn't that much discord between you guys on, on this issue
3: you know, Kills, Stills can play in the slot, which is interesting, you know, because is going to be the number one slot receiver. He's definitely going to lead the team in catches. Uh, but the Albert Wilson fellow that they brought in from Kansas City, Gase is adamant that he's not a slot. So if something were to happen to Amandola, he'd actually see Stills in the slot. And I think either way, you'll see Stills in the slot. So a lot of weapons for Gase to utilize. The pressure is on him to figure out how to game-to-game uh, come up with a creative, diverse, complex, innovative plan that will actually cause some confusion. Because for the last two years, all we've seen is the Dolphins often confusing themselves with offside penalties and false starts. What a disaster. That has been the most yeah, disappointing and then, thing.
2: And then Gase complaining about it. Gase comes in every day like, I, I just can't believe these guys. He doesn't say it like that. But, you know, it's interesting when, Joe, you mentioned that this year it's kind of it's all on Adam Gase. It really is. It's his third year, and in his, from their perspective, you know, no matter what it looks like to anyone else, this isn't the roster of a team that's tanking. It kind of looks like that to me, but they don't think that. They think Adam Gates talks about this like it's the roster of his dreams. Like he's been given, finally, he's got it exactly the way he imagined it when he took this job in January 2016. So if this hand-picked roster of good guys and hard workers can't get it done, then it's really going to be on him.
0: I actually I kind of like the look of this receivers group just because I don't think now obviously you know you want to have a Julio Jones you want to have an Antonio Brown as now now number 1 but I don't think necessarily not knowing who the number one receiver is going to be in a given game is is that big of a deal. I don't think most NFL teams operate that way, or at least the successful ones, where clearly that guy's getting all the targets. And that's the way that they operated with Jarvis Landry. And I'm not sure necessarily that it was to the benefit of the passing game. I do actually think that there is a world that a team can operate in where you can just sort of look at a play and go, all right, who's open on that play and throw it to that guy? And you know, that guy's good. Like, I think the Dolphins know that they have four good receivers. Uh, and, and so I, I do think that that does at the very least give this offense a different dynamic where who do you game plan for in a given week? They're all at least decent to good players.
3: You don't need great receivers to win playoff games in the NFL. You don't, you really don't. And uh, Kenny Stills plus Devante Parker had about 50% more yards. with about the same amount of catches as Jarvis Landry did last season? So I, I agree. That uh, this receiver core is good enough in the same way I think Ryan Tannehill is good enough, in the same way I think the offensive line is good enough. I think they're good enough. They're good enough. There's no excuse for this offense not to be in the top half of the league. And if it isn't, it's Adam Gase's fault.
1: What do you think of the way that they used Jakeem Grant last year? Because I feel like it took them like 12 weeks to determine that they had a guy who could actually beat a DB one on one, and maybe they should actually utilize him a little bit I know quarterback played into that some but what is his role going to be where are they going to use him is it all going to be on the outside because other than the return game where obviously he's going to be involved there I I feel like there should be more of a role for
0: him in the offense I feel like he's just smaller gesicki isn't he like he's a foot shorter and he's and he's like he's 100 pounds lighter but you can't trust him to block and so it's very hard to keep him in the game when he can't do everything that a receiver has to do
2: he just went out and got a more uh, sophisticated, more expensive version of Shaquem Grant by signing Albert Wilson. So, Jakeem Grant basically starts at zero again. He's going to have a hard time getting on the field in the offense. And he drops the ball every now and then.
3: Um, he'll make some exciting plays every now and then. You know, it's a lot of mouths to feed. And uh, Jakeem Grant's going to have a hard time getting fed.
1: Looking at this group and I know Chris likes the group cause they're more multiple. You, Joe, you talk about the numbers here, which I agree with. I mean, they are what they are that Landry just didn't produce a lot per catch. And I mean, historically low actually for that number of catches. And so they got more production from other guys, but where are the places that they're going to miss Jarvis? Cause let's just get beyond the money, which I don't think they should have paid him that much money. I was pretty clear on that Whittingham and I did episodes about that. I, I think it was fine for them to walk away from him. Um, But there are clearly places that they're going to miss what he provided. So for you guys, what would those be?
3: Off-field fire. There were certainly people in this building here in Davie, Florida, who think that Jarvis Landry's off-field fire was misdirected and somewhat poisoned the waters among his teammates. That's why he's gone. Um, I don't think they thought that in the end he was a good dude who could be trusted. uh, but he is—he brought emotion, passion. He, he fought for the extra yards. Which of these guys is most likely to quote turn into a running back after catching the ball? Amendola is kind of a catch and fall guy. Dills is a deep guy. Parker is a jump and usually not get it guy. So I would argue that Shaquem Grant or Albert Wilson actually the two guys who are most like uh, Jarvis Landry. But what's ironic is that Adam Gase doesn't want to use either one of those guys in the middle of the field.
2: He's used
3: them as outside receivers, so it's kind of a different dynamic. You know, it'll be interesting to see how it, how this affects Ryan Tannehill losing his security blanket.
2: Slot receiver is another position like quarterback, where there's not a very good plan B. If thing, if plan A doesn't work out, they don't really have another slot receiver. Not someone that's going to do that job the way Landry did or the way Danny Amendola has done it in the past. So if Amendola goes down, you've got Albert Wilson, who Gase does not think is a slot receiver, or you've got Kenny Stills, who is not exactly that kind of stick your face in it receiver like Amendola, who you know doesn't blink about going over the middle and getting his head knocked off. I mean, they really don't have a good plan B at that point. And Isaiah Ford.
3: Isaiah Ford, who actually I think is going to make the team. He's the come-from-nowhere guy of the camp. He's the one guy who's actually kind of stepped forward. It's funny. The dude you mentioned uh, before, uh, Ethan, I think he was a Virginia Tech receiver, right? Ernest yeah. Will Ford?
1: Yes. Uh, Isaiah Ford,
3: same thing. It's kind of similarly built. Um, uh, Ford's thing is going to be stay healthy? But, uh, I mean, it's an embarrassment of riches at the receiver position. They really have enough talent. They
0: really do. I don't agree. Oh, okay. Why 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 don't you agree, Jason? An
2: embarrassment of riches and we're talking about how they don't have a pro bowl guy, they don't have a 1000-yard receiver down there. I I just don't see it that way.
0: I think they I think they have an I, they, they have an embarrassment of NFL caliber players, right? Like they have players hey, that are like credible receivers though. that you They've can got a bunch of
2: stuff, but nobody else wants it.
0: Uh they're the oh, heat wow. right. No, no, well well the reality is we've
1: talked about this. They're the heat right now. Um I mean they're they're in the same position with their and I think on a lot of their other positions in the roster that the heat are where the heat have a lot of B minus to B plus players. And what the heat have found this off season is when you overpay those guys, you've got too many of them. You can't offload them. And then you have a glut. I feel a little bit like that's what we're looking at with the dolphins, where I like the fact that they could be more multiple. I like the fact they've got a lot of different guys that can do different jobs. Um, and they've got some protection there. If guys get hurt, but you're right. If you guys don't believe that Stills is a guy who is enough of a number one to attract attention for the other guys, then it is going to be hard for them to put up big numbers. So that that's where at I'm the end going.
3: of at the end of the season, at the end of the season, we will be grading the Miami Dolphins wide receiver core on one thing and one thing only: is Devante Parker still a bust and a stiff, or does he actually emerge into
2: this superstar unicorn that he was supposed to be? Monte Parker raises this storyline where you have to ask yourself: When was their last good first round pick? When was their last first round pick that was what it's supposed to be when you're drafting that high? I mean, you have Mike to go back good. you got to go back to Mike Tomczy. That's a long time ago. I mean, you don't you don't think Ryan Tannehill? Ryan Tannehill's been league average. You're not looking for league average when you draft Man, eighth the, overall.
0: I mean, okay, understanding that you want franchise, you want Aaron Rodgers, but there are a lot of eighth overall picks that end up being Christian Ponder. And, and like... Well, those are bad picks
2: too,
0: Chris. I understood, but I don't think, this, I don't think Ryan Tannehill is a bad pick. I think you got an NFL-level starter out of a first-round pick at quarterback. And given the standard of a lot of first-round pick quarterbacks, you cannot say that he was a bad pick. We I got wrote a guy that
2: uh, his position is just like all their other first round picks. He's just okay. He's just okay.
0: I wrote, you're looking for more wrote, than that
2: in the first okay. round. Go ahead, Joe. I wrote five reasons why uh, <laughs>
3: checks in the mail. <laughs> Thank you. Five reasons why Ryan Tannehill is the elite. And obviously, I, I was, you know for clickbait, which, you know, maybe it was a little. And, uh,
2: you know, told that that, was,
3: <laughs> told that that was an absolute joke. But no, I mean, I try not to write things I don't believe. I mean, at least I believe it. Did um, you write make... the say
2: five, five reasons why he'll be
3: terrible? <laughs> I did not. I did not. <laughs> oh, okay. I didn't know. But uh, that would definitely be a clickbait situation. I- I'm a Ryan T- T- Tannehill, Tannehill apologist. I think that we too easily forget just how good he was at the end of the 2016 season. He was playing at a Pro Bowl level.
1: We'll be back to our episode with the Palm Beach Post guys here in a second, but I want to introduce you to another of the great sponsors on the Five Reasons Sports Network, and that is SpaceWolf.com. That's two F's at the end, S-P-A-C-E-W-O-L-F-F. Dot com. We use Space Wolf for a lot of our sponsorships. It's a really easy site. You go on there, you pick what you want to advertise on. They have a section just for podcasts. All of the five reason sports podcasts are on there, and you can advertise virtually anything you want. Also, if you want to put something on something that you have, you can put your space on there. We do that with our podcast, and then people can find you. You get paid quickly everything goes to your bank account no complications it is a great place to go so go to spacewolf.com again that's s-p-a-c-e-w-o-l-f-f.com and now back to the podcast let's go to the dbs now on the other side here because I, one of the other things about camp that's always interesting to me is that um, i remember uh, for instance like olivier vernon had this incredible camp a few years ago uh, but he was matched up with Jonathan Martin most of the time. And we didn't know as we're evaluating it like, okay, is it that Olivia Vernon has gotten this much better? Or is it that Jonathan Martin's just not any good? And I feel like that happens in camp. And it turned out actually that both were true, um, that Jonathan Martin wasn't any good, but also Olivia Vernon got better. Um, and I feel like that happens here with position groups, with the DBs and the wide receivers too, where uh, a lot of times we've kind of fallen for wide receivers in training camp, and it's because they were working against garbage DBs. And then they'd work against a Sertan or Madison, and we would see what they were really about. So I I guess so far from what you've seen in camp, because it is the one thing you can evaluate a little bit when they're not hitting as much. Um, who's gotten the better of it? Has it been the receiver group or has it been the D B group?
2: I'm sorry, I was testing my wife. How much longer does this go, man? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Depends what the wind passes. We'll start with Shad on this one then. Uh, okay. Who's, who's gotten the better of it? the the, the receiver group or the D B group? I think the receivers Uh, have
3: outperformed uh, the corners overall except for Xavier Howard versus Devontae Parker. Uh, Devontae Parker has not been able to get off against uh, Xavier Howard. Uh, The problem uh, for the Dolphins is that uh, their number two corner is, is an issue. It's probably the most glaring issue on the team. Cordray Tankersley is not taking a giant step forward in his second year. Tony Lippitt has not yet rebounded from an Achilles injury and probably won't until halfway through the season. And in today's Palm Beach Post, if you go online, you'll read a story about Tory McIher, who has risen to compete for the starting position, even though he was the 10th cornerback on the depth chart at this time last year, which is a fun story, but you don't want fun stories. You want to win.
1: All right, so let's get to the DBs specifically here um and and you mentioned mctyre and uh when you see again when you see a guy emerge in camp sometimes it's because the guys he's competing against were not that good to begin with so that that's been a pattern too in dolphins camps um want to move to the that other corner though specifically if Xavier howard is going to be a number one corner is tankersley a legitimate number two is tony lippett coming back from an injury a legitimate Limit number two and are they going to use McCain who they decided to reward this offseason I think correctly so because he's been one of their better players the past couple of years is he going to have a different role this year than he had last year
3: I think the Dolphins paid McCain to be a slot corner I don't think they paid him to move to the outside I mean in a pinch he and or Minka Fitzpatrick could play outside corner but who knows? Maybe there's some veteran that gets cut at the uh, very end uh, before the preseason is over uh, that the Dolphins sign. I think, you know, they have a little money to spend. That would actually be the best place to spend it on a veteran corner. You know, they tried out to run Werner a year ago. Didn't really work out. But that type of player, a guy who's had some success in the NFL, uh, who you know, can bring a little veteran presence to that defensive back room, I think would be helpful.
2: I checked out like 20 minutes ago, uh, man. No,
1: I, I, well, no, we could tell with some of the, uh, some of the commentary here.
2: I cutlered this one like halfway through. Uh, That's, that's (laughs) right.
1: But, but you're all in. You're all in. Make sure to read Jason Leisure at the Pop Beach Post on the day he cares. Um, but, but Shad, uh, let's get back to you then here. On, on the safeties, Minka obviously been given a lot of responsibility from the very, uh, beginning. What's the fit between him and Rashad Jones? And, I mean, have you seen any interaction between them? Has Jones kind of – because when you look at the Dolphins roster right now, other than Wake, Jones is the veteran guy there who's actually credentialed and established. So how do you think that interplay is going to work?
3: I mean, Rashad Jones is kind of a lead-by-example guy. I don't think he's the type to necessarily grab Minka Fitzpatrick on the field and show him how it's done. I've actually seen, like, Walt Aikens out there, the special teams leader – and then back up, back up defensive back, sort of doing more of that. Um, TJ McDonald's actually had a pretty nice camp. I uh, sort of rebounded, I think, you know, knowing that he's gonna be on the field at the start of the season instead of suspended as he was last year, has had a positive impact for him. And it's often so concerned about the meshing between Rashad Jones and TJ McDonald last year. We'll have to see how it plays out in the preseason. I mean, that's the combination we've seen on the field most often. So, I mean, the Dolphins are hoping Fitzpatrick has a big impact on this year, but how they utilize him is going to be really interesting to watch. I mean, they're planning on using him all over the field, and I think he's smart enough to be able to do that. But, I don't know, it's, it's about think yourself to make sure that they find a way to get players on the field on defense who can actually make a greater impact. Because last year, there weren't enough sacks, there weren't enough uh, interceptions, there weren't enough turnovers forced. And they think Fitzpatrick can at least bring some more of that.
0: Yeah, and, and that for me is sort of the biggest conundrum facing Matt Burke is, I would say clearly if you're trying to field a team with three of the best 11 defensive or you know the best 11 defensive players all three of those guys have to be on the field so I do think it might have to require a scheme change more 4-2-5 looks or one of those safeties playing more like a linebacker but I, I do think that is the more prudent way for the Dolphins to go forward defensively
2: you hit on it there Chris with the fact that one of them might play more like a linebacker that probably be TJ McDonald they've been saying since spring oh we're not going to move TJ McDonald to linebacker but when they play three safeties we kind of are so that's that's probably how that'll play out, I think.
0: And that, and that's sort of one of those things, too, that we were talking about earlier. Like, when, when, Albert will, when they say that Albert Wilson's not a slot receiver, like, it's possible that Adam Gase was just lying. Like, it's possible that they will use him as a slot receiver, and they, you know, NFL coaches like to be secretive. Like, I don't think we necessarily have to take these guys at their word.
2: Oh, I think on that one in particular, he's legitimately irritated. And it's because everyone else doesn't realize that I think what Adam Gase did in that one is he kind of, his phrasing was a little off and Shad pointed this out to me. And when I was listening to it through this lens, it made more sense to me that Albert Wilson has been a slot receiver, but that he's not going to really be a slot receiver here.
1: Yeah. That makes a little bit more sense. And, and you know, as the season evolves, there'll be injuries and there'll be guys who are forced to play at certain positions anyway. All right, before we wrap here, guys. Um, it doesn't sound like either of you think that D- DB is a plus position for the Dolphins. I know there's a little bit of disparity here about wide receiver. If I was to say one group on the team, whether it's the quarterbacks, the offensive line, the running backs, rec- uh, you know, receivers, defensive line, linebackers, DBs, what group on this team do you think is going to be above average?
3: I think defensive end is the best position on the team. I think Andre Branch, who's Like I don't know, the second-highest-paid defensive player or the second-highest-paid player, something ridiculous like that uh, on a team is listed as third string on the depth chart, a defensive end that came out for the first preseason game. That tells you just how much talent they have at the defensive end position. The Dolphins believe they're going to get a lot more pass rush this season. Uh, You lose who, but you add Robert Quinn. They think that's a net plus overall. I think it's a little bit underplayed how good Robert Quinn can be. So I think defensive line will be solid. I think defensive end should be very good.
2: Chris, Ethan, we have swirling winds now and helicopters coming in overhead. Uh, There is no really strong position on the team. It's probably a four-win roster.
1: Okay, I think that's the way to end it. Uh, Jason Leisure predicting that the Dolphins will go four and twelve. All right, you can read them in the Palm Beach Post. They're all in this season. They're traveling. They've got some big time sponsor they won't tell us about. Uh, we always support uh, the work up of the Palm Beach Post. I was I was there twice. I know Shad's on his second go-around there, so if you can check him out at Jason Leisure. That's Jason L-I-E-S-E-R and at Chad Joe. On Twitter, check out their 67 blogs. Every day, all of them leisure telling you how terrible the team is and how much they're lying to you. So thanks for joining us. Uh, we appreciate it. And uh, we'll check out your next five reasons why, Shad, on your blog.
2: Oh, thanks just for having us, man. We're so blessed and fortunate to be on the five reasons why podcast, the biggest media outlet in South <laughs> Florida. Just, I mean, people probably don't even know about the Palm Beach Post. Thank you, Ethan, for telling people that it exists. Uh, it's you are doing a service to the people and to us. Thank I- you. Chad, was it good for you? What do you think, man?
3: Uh, yeah, yeah. This is uh, the best hour I spent since uh, very Cavallari.
2: Sick of being upsold at gyms?